0: Sustainable Land Matters Welcome to the Sustainable Land Matters podcast. This podcast is hosted by Nansu and Elzelea Fisser. We feature conversations with experts, engineers, researchers, and policymakers across Europe. We will learn about the latest policy developments on healthy soil, histories and future land management matters. We will get to know the persons and their experience that made this happen. So the guest of this episode is Professor Timothy Fogel and Maria Tufolia. I have the honor to be partner of one of the Horizon 2020 project with these two distinguished guests. EClair is a EU joint China consortium with 18 different partners across Europe. As you know, in this kind of uh, horizon projects, researchers are doing very professional research. But that's not what we're going to talk about in this podcast, because as we know, this podcast is meant to bring the person behind and to make it more reachable for us and understandable why healthy soil and sustainable land management matters for us. So let's have a discussion with them. And we're also featuring in this episode Professor Frederick Cologne. Professor Cologne was actually inspired by Professor Tim C. Fogel many years ago to join this profession. So let's listen to the discussion. Okay, Maria, we we'll start with you then. Oh no! <laughs> no, just tell us. Just, the, the, you know, the purpose is to inspire young generations okay. about the importance of soil okay. and what can we do so about it. Younger than younger Maria. Than Maria. Even <laughs> younger than Maria. No? Okay. So really
1: young. It's very really subjective uh, how young you how
0: young, are. young. You are too. Uh, okay. You can like, still be inspired. <laughs> old, you can someone still can be, be inspired.
1: Young, so. in <laughs> <mindset and my laughs> I think you you're can still very be. young,
2: actually. I think you're very young, but I think you're older than I am.
1: Possibly, yes. <laughs> yeah. know, it's a French paradox. Not, it's, why are you coming? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, Maria, tell us a little bit about yourself. So,
3: hi, everyone. I am a European project manager for a research project that have 18 partners, 13 European and 5 Chinese partners. But before... Uh, becoming a European project manager, I was doing my PhD in Paris in food biotechnology. Are you French? I am half Mexican, half French. I could say that. Ah. Yes. Very interesting. So, yes, I was born in Mexico, but I have been living in France since 2015, so quite eight years ago. Okay. Yes.
0: So now... You are dealing with soil every day, right? Exactly. What is the most interesting part you find about soil? Or not? Wait, <laughs> this whole podcast is about making so making soil topic more sexy. So I think we need... <laughs> so can you believe
2: that there's a term that they use? It's called healthy soil. Yeah.
3: yeah. Healthy what soil. What do you yeah. think that is? Yeah, exactly. That That's makes, a European... Does that make
2: any sense it, to you?
3: I mean, it makes sense if I, if I could say that healthy soil is with no contaminants. But I don't know if it's a reality. I mean, I don't know if today, uh, today we can mm-hmm. find a soil like, with no contaminants at all. I so think.
2: Here's a big debate, though, in France, because the Dutch, for example, they say, okay, if you have any metals or anything in it, yep. it's contaminated. Yep. But natural soils yep. in France yep. have arsenic yep. and other things. So they're, they're natural. Yes. But they may not be something you'd want to eat or maybe not something you'd want to grow vegetables in, but they're still natural soils. So are they healthy? Are yep. they unhealthy soils?
3: Very good point. Yeah, so, so it's not natural. I mean, it's oh. like the right term to say no contaminants, healthy soil.
1: But you could have contaminants or chemical. You live in a chemical world. The problem is when you use other or healthy, like healthy hair, you know, woman's healthy hair, because you could say... We need to be exposed. But when you said clean and healthy, people got the mindset, pollution.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, it was my first thought, actually. So we need to change yeah. also the,
1: the perception. Mm. Healthy soil got mm-hmm. a perception we are having pollution in the Ah,
0: okay. So you're saying... But
1: healthy soil.
0: Because we cannot change the goal anymore. Because the goal of European Commission is healthy soil 2030. And that's where we're building up to.
3: Mm.
0: And um, But then we have to re-educate actually everyone about the, the definition of healthy soil. Healthy soil
1: depends on what land use you want. Yeah. Some mm. healthy soil could fit be for very use. fit for use.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: So what's unhealthy, I guess, then? If yeah. you could define unhealthy soil, maybe you by definition, by the opposite, you'd know what was healthy. Yeah. So from a microbial world point of view we we look at what is a perturbed environment so if you have a soil in the uh, uh, middle of France that naturally has metals or things in it and the organisms have adapted and everybody is living in all the organisms are living well then from their point of view it's a healthy environment from a human trying to grow carrots, it may not be the best soil. So the bacteria are saying, yeah. it's a healthy soil. So
0: you mean bacteria can get used to it, but human maybe cannot get used to it.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: mm.
1: but think about Brittany, think about corn wine. what do you got there?
0: What do you get there? Oysters. Rocks. Rocks. Oyster, okay. rocks, you <laughs> grow your oyster. <laughs>
1: You will, if you measure radon in soil, it will be yep. much higher. That's right. Okay. As a background, doesn't mean it's not healthy. People live there. Everybody will go there. But obviously, back, natural background mm-hmm. is much higher than what you would. So nobody thinking about is unhealthy. Nobody thinking is posing a risk. So you need to be. We need to understand what we mean by healthy soil. So
0: now, you, Professor Coulomb, you have introduced us. Just Fred, <laughs> not Professor. <laughs> so after a glass of wine for professor everyone, we're all Frederic Coulomb. Coulomb. From, From
2: Cranfield University, University. Yes. famous. Uh,
0: Very famous. Yeah. And now we Very. come to you, Professor. And so more you firmness, you, <laughs> you, you, touched, you are now touching a very interesting topic about risks. So you are saying actually when we talk about healthy or unhealthy, it's all about risk. So is it posing risk to human beings? Is it posing a risk to environment? And that's the definition of healthy soil.
1: I would say it will depend on the practice. What do you do with the soil? Because depending, you could potentially have your garden Mm-hmm. even if the background is high, but if you do have potentially some top layer that allow you to avoid the mixing or... So it's, it's not clear. It can't be a clear cut. It will depend on practice. And uh, we need to understand also, yeah, what we can get exposed to. Yeah, It's all about those. Yeah. So you live in a chemical world. We used to do contented learning saying, US EPA was saying a few years ago, not so far, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you got a total petroleum hydrocarbon of 10,000 milligrams per kilogram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was safe. Safe based on what? It depends on what, yeah. what hydrocarbon was there. Is it volatile, semi volatile? Is it very um, hydrophobic? So we were putting thresholds and mm-hmm. not understanding the complexity of this chemical. So it's important also to to keep this in mind because uh, that will affect what you mean by healthy soil, what you can do with it, whether it poses a risk, and what you get exposed to it.
0: And yeah,
2: I mean, I think about healthy for what? Yeah. So you look at the tests that people do mm-hmm. to see if things are healthy. So they do the test. Th- you
0: mean test of soil itself or test of the soil? Like if you have a soil mm-hmm. and
2: you say, is it healthy? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I put seeds into it and yeah. I see what the germination is. Yeah. Okay. And if it germinates poorly, then there's. Something wrong with my soil. So it's test dependent. Or I uh, I look at uh, another factor. I, I have kids play in it mm-hmm. and if they yeah. have learning disabilities, then I <laughs> say, okay <laughs> Too much mercury. No, that's yeah. not a really healthy soil. <laughs> yeah. So it also depends on what you use, what matrix metrics you use to measure healthy hmm. or unhealthy. So or a combination of them. But right? now
0: we're making um, the purpose of this a podcast is to make it simplifying for our sure. public, but now we're getting very complicated. So if you're, if you're someone um, in the
2: public mm-hmm. and you have a backyard, yeah, do you play in the backyard? Do you, your kids play in the backyard or not? So just uh, yeah, no, yeah, you don't that, have to that's, be yeah, they, about yeah, yes, yes I yes, bought a new will, house. Yes. I have that's a backyard. For sure,
0: that's a purpose, and uh, they will probably the kids after playing they will put their finger right away in their mouth. Yeah. Of course, yeah. and um, so that's, do I
1: care or do I not care?
0: You do. Everybody right. should because it has would pose a risk. Good.
1: When I was a kid, I did that. Yeah, as well. I never, my grandparents uh, did it. They did it. Do you remember, as a kid, we never talk about how many times you know, like you had to call a uh, uh, vaccinated for tetanus because you get cut. How many often you get cut with a gardening? You never, I never, before starting university, contamination, contaminated land, never come to mind.
0: So what's the purpose then? Because I'm hoping that our audience are the students who are studying um, environmental science, let's put in this way, or chemistry and my purpose is by having our great guests, uh, to professors and engineering and uh, all those people we respect in the society also, uh, and uh, doctor, doctor yeah. yes uh, food science, uh, food science and uh, to give some some give them some inspiration is oh that's why my study of environmental science it it matters and it's Put it into that um, that they would it could answer their question. Why am I studying this? Why do I have to remember okay. the chemical? Why do I have to remember the chemical reaction? Oh, because it serves okay. later. So,
2: so Rachel Carson, yes, wrote a book. Okay, in the sixties. Okay, because DDT
0: yes DDT. was causing mm-hmm.
2: trouble with eggshells for birds and a lot of organisms like the mostly higher bird. Predators, like eagles and hawks, Mm -hmm. were being uh, wiped out by this. Oh. So this was one of the original general population books to cause concern about the environment. And uh, what was the title? Silent Spring? Okay, Silent Spring. And and since then, Mm -hmm. people who study environmental sciences Mm -hmm. uh, have been trying to understand how the chemical world that we use and appreciate because we like having vaccines, how that world is creating risk mm-hmm. by influencing our quality of our water, our air, and our soil. Mm-hmm. So environmental scientists are critical because the whole aspect of risk and appreciation is evolving. In addition, the chemicals are being New chemicals are being put on the market constantly. Yes. And you know about the REACH program in Europe. Yes, era. yes. And uh, we're trying to have some idea about the quality of those chemicals. Mm-hmm. And then there's the historical use of chemicals, PCBs, uh, dioxins, etc.
0: They're all ringing alarm bells. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in
2: environmental science, you Carcinogenl- don't know what the future will bring. But your goal should be to develop the understanding to deal with these possible risks to mm. human and ecosystem health.
0: Is that what you do every day?
2: It's what I do every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, I,
2: and I shouldn't probably do it on the weekend, but I do it every day. Okay.
0: Maybe a very quick introduction. Where Professor am I? Fo- Yes, so my guest today is Professor Voge. Fol-
2: well, what country are you in? In the U.S., it's Vogel. Vogel. In the Netherlands or Germany, it's Vogel.
0: Vogel. And
2: in France, it's Vogel.
0: Oh, I think let's take the French. Since since we're recording this episode in France, and uh, you are working in a prestige French university, and let's call you... Vogel, Vogel, yeah. Professor Tim Timothy so then, or
2: Timothy Timothy, or Timothy, or Timothy Anyway, it's with a it's with a Y. I was going to say with a Negre, which is French. Sorry, but it's uh, Irish. I have an Irish first name and a German last name.
0: So, ah. what country am I from? United States. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, what inspired you to? To do what you do today.
2: Wow, what I do today so long ago. Please try
0: hard to think. The the beginning, the the spark from the beginning.
2: Okay, so I liked uh, uh, science in the beginning. Okay. And I was studying biology and chemistry. Okay. But I didn't get outside. So I switched and studied geology and oceanography.
0: What did you mean you didn't outside, go outside? You no, know, outside of oh. a building, uh, oh. <laughs> because
2: all the biology and chemistry was inside.
0: Inside the lab. Yeah. Okay. So
2: I started studying biology and oceanography, which okay. was great because it's outside. Okay. But also because the, what happens then is you're looking at the environment a lot, mm-hmm. even though it's not considered. They aren't considered environmental sciences. In today's thought, okay. they are environmental sciences because geology is part of the environment mm-hmm. and oceanography, of course, is. Yeah. So I worked uh, for the U.S. Geologic Survey for a couple of years okay. on the non-oil uh, reserve production of hydrocarbons. So they can be produced by bacteria and it has nothing to do with the reserves to be burned in cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... At that point, I noticed that there was the, the whole issue of pollution was becoming a big thing, so I decided to go back to graduate school and study the potential bioremediation, biodegradation, the destruction
0: okay. of
2: pollutants by bacteria.
0: Ah, which year were we talking about?
2: We're talking about <laughs> uh, when <laughs> I, I went when up. I went to go do graduate yeah. school after working for yeah. the USGS. So I was about uh, five years old, I
0: guess. Ah, because okay. Was, so because because you're it, was 19, you were... it was 1981.
2: <laughs> wow. So I started publishing in 1980.
0: Okay. Can I interpret that you wanted to save the world? You saw a problem coming, and you wanted to save the world by using your little soldiers. I wasn't of, so... Of the... Micro... So, the, 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 the Micro... I wasn't
2: so confident that I was going to save the world, but I thought that microbiology could help reduce the pollution in the environment. So I thought, wow, this is great. So I I attacked chlorinated solvents.
0: Wow, that's one of the... That's at the time, the National Academy
2: of Science had published a report saying that they were not biodegradable.
0: Uh, that's that's
2: 1979, the U.S. National Academy of Science said chlorinated solvents are not biodegradable. And during my PhD, I proved them wrong. So I was the first one to show that chlorinated solvents were biodegradable in 1985.
0: So that could be also for inspiration, that you just want to prove someone wrong. Well, I didn't know
2: (laughs) that they thought that, but Uh. I found out because... I couldn't get any research money for my Ph.D. Mm. on that subject because why finance something that can't yep. be possible? At okay. a company
0: yeah.
2: that had polluted groundwater oh. with <laughs> chlorinated compounds were so desperate
0: uh-huh. that they
2: said, we'll fund his Ph.D. and hope that he can find
0: something. Ah!
2: So that was their hope.
0: And, and then you made their hope? come true
2: right but they still got sued (laughs) uh, because they still polluted the ground but it was treatable okay good. but in 1985 i did that and what's really interesting is there was a book that was written about a court case in boston okay and they made it into a movie with john travolta yeah and it's about people a community that was their groundwater was contaminated with vinyl chloride yeah and The company was sued Uh by the community because they were having all these health problems. Vinyl chloride, Mm -hmm. by the way, creates a certain kind of liver cancer that Mm. only comes from vinyl chloride. Okay, so so it's it's very distinct. It's not from smoking or anything else. Okay,
0: And they knew this from
2: PVC plants where people make the plastic made Mm -hmm. from vinyl chloride, so they knew that. So these people had it. So there's no question that they were contaminated by vinyl chloride and there there was a problem. But the company did not produce vinyl chloride nor use it. They only used tetrachloroethylene and trichloroethylene. And because those compounds were not biodegradable okay. and the person who was the expert scientist from Princeton, a okay. friend of mine actually yeah. now, oh. hydrogeologist, okay. but not a microbiologist, he didn't know that we had published work showing that tetrachloroethylene uh-huh. and trichloroethylene were degraded by bacteria okay. under anaerobic conditions ah, to biochloride. Oh. So in fact the company was responsible
0: uh-huh. but they didn't
2: but the community lost the case because oh, they didn't no. know about the publication. Did
0: they revoke the case? Was the case revoked? They
2: can't revoke the case. No, but you they couldn't? Got, they, I think the they got science su- proved. Yeah, but I think some years later they might have gotten sued. Mm-hmm. But oh. the movie's very, very good because Travolta plays this kind of not very good lawyer who they oh. can barely afford. and He fights for them and he loses in the movie and oh. in the book. And it's quite interesting because, in yeah. fact if the person had been aware of the publication I had made. But this was before Internet.
0: You couldn't search for it. You had to go to the journals
2: and look up Applied Environmental Microbiology Journal and say, oh, the article (laughs) exists.
0: Yeah, okay, we have to go now. That's all there is about me. Okay. Uh, Tim Fogel and Maria Tuvia, thank you for joining us. Mm Thank you for listening to Sustainable Land Matters. Sustainable Land Matters is hosted by Nan Su and Elzalia Visser. If you liked this episode, subscribe to, rate and review Sustainable Land Matters on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Should you have questions yourself, visit our subreddit Sustainable Land Matter and join the discussion. For updates, follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. This episode was made possible thanks to the generous support of DSPP Consultants. DSPP Consultants, connecting sustainable growth. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, email us at info at See you next time.